0: Hi, it's uh, Manuel Giudice here and welcome to episode two uh, and season two of the podcast uh, Leading New Change Initiative. Today I want to talk about one of the, uh, the elements, one of the factors that contribute to change projects failing. Uh, my experience has been in business change and technology-enabled transformation initiatives. These were innovation projects with budgets between $1 and $15 million. They were complex in nature. They spanned across different uh, geographical areas um, from Latin America and North America, Europe, Middle East and Asia. Pack. And they were typically US UK uh, sponsored initiatives. <laughs> They had a very strong technical and technology component, but the um, the the, the final so the beneficiaries, if you will, the impacted stakeholder groups that uh, were intended to benefit the change were spread across the globe, but were primarily non-technical areas. They were business functions, talking about HR, uh, finance, um, uh, talking about referring to procurement, uh, product management. Uh, product um, uh, marketing, sales. So these were technology enabled business initiatives that had very strong uh, business benefits. So um, what is so there's a lot of factors one of the my, my favorite coaching tools is the force field analysis i was introduced to the force field analysis i think was six or seven years ago and in the context of a coaching session um, um with one of my previous coaches and uh, what she's actually uh um, what she's actually introduced me to was the idea that um uh, whatever we try to achieve, uh, both as individuals but also as part of teams in organizations, uh, we need to have a certain amount of momentum or at least work towards building one. And momentum is basically a, a results from an achievement, completed tasks, completed deliverables, and activities uh, that allow us to see a preview. Um, and uh, see a sense of progress, perceive it, concretely touch on and have tangible results even though that's not the final product. We can see what are the components that we are building, what are the, the bricks of the house, if you will, that we're building that actually will, will, will lead us, if we keep on going, to building the house. Now, to me, uh, from as, from a visual perspective, that was already very compelling, and the force field analysis actually is a bit of a measure um, of of how how dynamic that project is. Obviously, I want to contextualize for the purpose of this podcast. I want you to look at. Uh, project project definitions, I want to look at uh, initiatives, I want to look at uh, what does good look like from an initiative point of view. As I have recalled several times in the previous episodes, what many projects, what all projects in my experience want to achieve is, number one, having made a uh, technology investment, they want to make sure that that delivers value, it is fit for purpose and it does what it's supposed to do, it has the right functionality and features. Number two, it wants to be delivered on time and on budget. So that you meet those, you know, financial metrics and objectives. And number three, you would want to reduce the negative impact on the business, reduce uh, the risk of uh, breaking the business, and increasing the the likelihood of buying and support from the business if so they see the value of it. Now, these were these are the three elements of of, of projects. What success was a, was a project vision is going to look like, right? Um. When it comes down to momentum, though, and if you were to apply a, a force field analysis, is that there is a certain amount of effort that has to go into a project, let's say a six-month or 12-month project, to achieve each and every one of these targets. What project teams do above all in the, in the in the area of technology and technology development, they develop systems, either in-house systems or systems that are can to are to be adapted to in-house solutions. Um, you basically have highly performing, very savvy, specialized professionals. They are contributing the expertise to develop the different parts of the business, of, of of the system, right, of the technology. You might have IT consultants. You have developers specialized in. Specific um, areas, Oracle, ERP implementations. And you'll also have other um, specialists such as business analysts, project managers, program managers, communication engagement managers, change managers. So you have a, an, an entirety of a team or UT tea expert as well. So you have uh, is complementary skills that are put together and assembled as part of a change and project team to drive the change. So we have this project team and you have a a goal which is basically delivering on time and on budget a solution that's fit for purpose and making sure that the entirety of a business is on board or at least like targeted stakeholder groups. Now we have a vision and we have a team. Now the 12 months for the project so that's the length of the project, at least the initial estimate that will, will point out that period of time. Um, so the ability to reach those objectives, those targets, is actually directly um, proportional to the momentum your team can acquire. Now, going back to the analogy that my coach was uh, sharing with me is that there are a set of forces um, that contribute to uh, you personally, also a project, uh, a group of people, a team, a project team, to deliver on time on budget, And there are certain forces that actually... Are detrimental to us. Something that um, actually slows the progress down, that makes the initiative uh, causes the initiative to fail, make doesn't allow you to to hit revenue or cost budgets. that delays the projects. So what what she was actually doing is she she asked me to list uh, to to take a piece of paper. At least the left hand side, all the uh, elements that in my view, experience and expertise contributed to the uh, success of the project versus uh, what were the, 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 the elements that actually took you away from it. What are the elements that were detrimental to the project? Things such as there might have been um, you know, lack of leadership alignment or uh, lack of clear leadership support. Or um, unclear communications, or too much details, or insufficient resources, or insufficient time, or um, um, the the fact that a plan wasn't fit for purpose. There are different elements to that. And then you had on, on the first column, as I mentioned, a, a set of a list of contributing factors to project success. Highly motivated project teams. Um, you would have, um, for example, a a specific specific skill sets like very um, very experienced developers that had done a similar system previous multiple times beforehand and and um, you might have had also a strong um, leadership coalition you know the business saw the point of the initiative and they were prepared to support it and back it up so but what you find and then you start listing out you start uh, assigning some some points and ranking the um, success factors, so the contributing factors to success, versus factors that you know uh, take away from your likelihood of achieving those goals. And what I found by having done this exercise multiple times across different projects is that one of the uh, one of the um, key elements that actually slows down success uh, success rate the likelihood of your project to succeed is cynicism. And cynicism is one of those things that actually isn't talked about very often, but in my direct experience, both as a consultant, but also at the beginning of my career, being operational and involved in different aspects of businesses, from credit uh, from credit analysis, to, uh, to cash management systems, to, um, to billing, to human resources, to marketing online, online and offline marketing, to sales. Um, so I've had the experience of really seeing hundreds of me- meetings there and, and and project and team dynamics, whereby um, s- sometimes the leaders didn't know what the problem was. Right? Uh, in on paper, all the elements were lined out that would have conducive would have been conducive of a project success, but the project wasn't on time. The project um, did not actually accomplish what was set to accomplish in terms of designing a solution that was fit for purpose. So, so and, and, and more often than not, these leaders have found themselves you know, wondering what had gone wrong and, and, and having to justify to most senior leaders within organizations, uh, you know, the, the, the reasons for that. Now, in my experience, um, there is different elements, and having seen that directly and operationally, and, and having coached both leaders as well as managers, supervisors, driving these com- different components of a system, of a technology solution, is that once I used to have conversation on a gr- in a group setting, those types of conversation were significantly different from a one-to-one coaching session that would result from part of, as part of the work that I was doing. So what you find is more in t- some of the teams' dynamics, the team dynamics, they were more toxic than others, and you will see certain subculture team cultures in in these technology implementations, whereby people were very reluctant to speak up, you know, to call out a con- to call out a concern or to um, you know, anticipate some challenges that the project would have failed, And the reason for that is they didn't feel they were safe enough uh, within their project, within their team, within their initiative, to be able to voice those concerns that would have ultimately benefited the entirety of, of the project initiative, the team and the initiative. Now, um, the, this lack of trust eventually brought about an element of cynicism. And that is the that is one of the, the biggest detrimental aspect that got called out consistently in the um, uh, when I did the um, force field analysis in the detrimental factors, and the cynicism effectively is is a, an intangible blocker. It's basically the um, the the behavior that stops any professional part of a change team from having a conversation um, that will be will benefit the entire project, and, and that is because um, there's been a perceived uh, action from someone else within part of the same team that was very, uh, at least it's perceived to be very self-serving, Hence, and that has induced uh, someone else within the project team not to contribute the expertise, right? not to have a greater goal, a greater purpose in mind for that project. So cynicism also kicks in when people take tend to, you know, take um, um, credit for efforts that have been team efforts, and but also comes up as a result of people blaming each other. Right? We've missed the timeline, we missed the deadline. It was the previous change person, the previous communication uh, person that hasn't laid out exact details, so it's down to them, or the project manager after uh, has left it undone. Now. This type of behaviors these are all examples of cynicism and and they they can't be um, they're usually not tackled uh, as part of a project team because they're not seen they they are somehow perceived but they're not consider uh, they're not considered to be um, uh, conspicuous or considered to be sizable enough issues to be tackled in my experience you could see that those project teams that were more successful actually been able to uh, define develop and Create a, a culture, a subculture, and a change team that was safe for everyone to speak up. People will contribute the expertise. Although they were um, very savvy in their particular area, they were also open in the way they communicated, in the way they related to what project team members to be challenged because every project is different and they acknowledge that. They will bring the, the knowledge, the previous experience, but also a certain element of humility and openness to be challenged. And, and this was all underpinned by a very strong uh, sense of safety that had created, had been created by a, a very firm, very firm leadership leadership approach. So, um, what? So, one of the um, so this is the challenge, is real challenge, and the causes. This is the the underlying invisible cause of a lot of projects, um, um, you know, relying on someone else's input that never comes about. And these things get lost in the meantime, but then you'll have, you're close to like two weeks from Go Live, and you find out by looking at the bigger picture, what is meant to be delivered, a, a, a set of activities have actually not been performed. And, and that comes about, when you, when you start looking at the details of it, that, that comes down to different people having, having not completed uh, critical tasks that will actually bring about, you know, overall completions and readiness for Go Live. Now, how do you go about tackling this cynicism? How do you go about challenging this, this, this disruptive, um, this uh, toxic behavior? In my experience, and, and also having worked initially as a consultant, initially as a change manager, and then as a consultant but also a coach and a trainer with different individuals, you've got to be able, as a project change team, as appropriate, as a project leader, and usually this role uh, is taken up by a a product owner or a sponsor or the person that is has more direct very very strong vested interest in um, you know in the success of the project this professional is both uh, um, business savvy he understands what are the ramifications and consequences of a project success but also they have the technical expertise of what or, or a certain amount of technical expertise or what the system should do and what it means from a component perspective, the different parts of the technology, right? So, this person is, is I believe, the, the person that is, and in, in my direct observation, the person that is more, um, in, is in a better position to uh, start creating, start shifting the culture of cynicism into a certain the cultural trust. And the way that is done is actually, uh, it's, um, it follows core and, 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 core and simple leadership um, um, tenets. One of them is the ability to um, set the example. So the change team, the change team leader, um, the, the team leader or the project leader, he's the person that goes first. It goes first in terms of when there is a decision to be made and there is a level of uncertainty they are the ones that you know have a conversation they show vulnerability by saying you know we did a similar project in the past i'm not completely sure that is how we're going to approach this, but I think we have three options, and I'm going to make a decision to pursue these options. I'm going to ask you, uh, change and projecting, to support me in that and uh, and be open to challenge some of the aspects of it. Now, this this approach is quite vulnerable because there are the, the leader is actually also uh, highlighting that there are some aspects of the change that's not she or he is not aware of, or that the my is is uncertain about. However, um, the, the openness of vulnerability that sets an example for everyone else to behave in a similar way. And, and people um, in change projects, uh, as well as in any other types of organizational change, are very receptive to a request for help and to openness and clarity from the part of the leader that shows the humility of saying, we don't know everything that there is to know but we're willing to work, to work together to, you know, get it to a, a viable state. Uh, the, uh, the second element actually uh, can create a, a culture that is more conducive for performance and helps projects achieve uh, their objectives is um, the, um, the ability to um, create trust in teams. And trust in teams actually, trust comes as a result of, yes, on one hand, we have you know leaders go first, but also we have a, a, a strong element of vulnerability. And vulnerability comes also about as a result of these team members, these people, uh, spending more and more time together and getting to know each other outside of the project context. When we talk about vulnerability is basically one of the different you know definitions of it and one one of the different ways of retaining vulnerability is by allowing teams and people to spend more time together you can talk about you know uh, events going to the theater together to the pubs or doing activities such as team building activities had uh, tree trekking I was participating to a tree tracking exercise once or fitness or dance classes whereby people are actually put and in, in a in a in an environment where you can see that everyone is a little bit challenged, and then after that they have the chance to connect and, and talk about what their challenges are, and they have the opportunity to open up to each other, and and to get to know each other a bit better also personally. Now, once you once the uh, once the team starts. Uh, um, um, also sharing a personal take, a personal story, or uh, is in a context of you know, demonstrative vulnerability, vulnerability, but uh, finding out that the person next to them has a similar, a similar experience, for example, uh, there, there is a, the, the mechanism starts getting into, uh, starts taking it, starts taking up whereby the. Um, you, know, you see the person in you're working with not as you know, someone that's performing the tasks and they're there to blame you, but you see them as your peers. And as your peers, as similar, you know, shares fears, uh, shares your fears um, or similar fears and challenges. And and they're doing the best they can by contributing the expertise, but they haven't, they don't have it all figured out. So vulnerability, is the second aspect, that and and getting to know each other and change team, the second aspect of, you know, how to revert the the cynicism into a culture of of a collaboration and trust. And number three is accountability, and I believe this also has to start uh, primarily uh, from a. Um, uh, from a leader's perspective, whereby in a, in a change project there will always be something that goes wrong. Right? There is always a um, it's a plan. It's to I. It's, I've heard several times over the last few weeks the, uh, the 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 idea that the map is not the territory. And that was Jeff Sutherland, the the co-creator of Agile. He was basically talking about that any plan that we have on paper, uh, they're very different, they can be, not very, but they can be quite different, above all in high-speed projects, technology and software development projects. Uh, When you go and actually implement the project, the territory, i.e. what you discover on a day-to-day basis, the challenges you face, uh, can be considerably different from what the plan was when we established what the roadmap looked like. So you need to adjust the plan. You need to uh, you, you need to change it and, and making sure that it gets adjusted. A lot of this, um, these elements can be anticipated. They can be defined in principle. They can be defined in, in detail up front. They could be defined in principle, but in detail uh, things will change and will consistently change. So um, the I'm tying that back into the the concept that in order to create trust in team and, and ensuring that uh, cynicism is not a, a kind of a key factor is to ensure that there is a stronger element of accountability whereby the the project leader takes responsibility openly in front of the team of um, or, or at least defines the message in this in this um, in these terms. Right, uh, we all have challenges and. And these this projects, we're we, we basically undergoing these challenges. We thought we had the resource, we thought the plan, uh, the, the initial assessment had, um, had identified these, these areas of strength. And we thought we had resources in line to be able to do that, but one of them has left. So now we are in a kind of a vulnerable position, a risky position for the project. Um, and th- there was a mistake also, mistakes were made within a project team. Now, the ultimate ability of the change leaders to take accountability for those mistakes, regardless of him or her being directly responsible for those deliverables. Actually, that also sets a very strong example for, um, for you know, it is about the outcome. It is about the objective of the result at the end of the project. It isn't about the internal fight. The internal disagreements. It's not about the the cynicism. It's not about you know the person next to you doing something better than you did, or it's not a competitive environment within your change team. Uh, it might be a competitive environment outside your change team, although also that can be debatable. But the the alignment of purposes, the, the, the alignment of intents, and the uh, is is it can be very much reinforced by a leader that is fully accountable for everything that isn't working. And obviously if I am a a product owner and I know that my team hasn't been trained and I take account- and and obviously that wasn't my direct responsibility, obviously you will want to have your conversation with your change manager or with your trainer um, or, or the person in charge of coordinating the training. However, the the sheer fact that you take accountability sends a strong examples that we're not here to blame each other we're not here to point fingers but we're here to deliver our outcome and obviously the the change person the person that's meant to deliver will also be aware of that but they will they will feel protected and this this effort to um to um, this very strong stance to take accountability for an overall deliverable sets a very strong example it sends a sense of very strong signals to your change team that it isn't about um you know um individual efforts and people uh, winning over each other and setting each other up for failure it is more about um you know taking accountability for a final outcome so these are the three elements that i believe really make a in my observe, direct observation of successful project teams and what really makes the biggest difference in, in projects believe be able to delivering on time and on budget delivering uh, or at least close to those timelines delivering solutions that are fit for purpose and ensuring their business on, is on board uh, moving away from a culture that is cynical uh, it is possible, it requires time, it requires leadership and during this podcast I shared three of my key insights on how do you go about changing that type of toxic environment.